0: Good evening, everyone. This is Tala with Drive Through Therapy. Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight on another episode. And as always, I'm grateful for your support and uh, definitely all the emails that you guys are sending. Thank you. Keep sending them. I enjoy them. I read them and I do respond. Uh, when I think about how many people are going through this journey and really are self-aware and want to transform and make changes, it's it keeps me motivated to do that more. Because I think for me, when I realized that I wanted to change, it was after a really significant rock bottom, a personal emotional rock bottom. And uh, from that place, It was easy, or maybe not easy, but, well, yeah, you could say easy to accept the humility to change, to say that what I already know has not been working, and to try something new. And that's really what change is all about. It's about going to the new, to the unknown. And it's scary for most of us because we spent years and years trying to confirm and reinforce what we actually know but change and transformation is about the unknown friends it's about using new knowledge and applying it every day and eventually making it a part of your daily life that's what it's about so i'm glad that you guys are with me on this so this leads me to a recent email that i received from one of our listeners regarding Heartbreak. She says she listens to the episodes that I have, uh, specifically the Unbreak My Heart episodes, part one and part two. She says she listens to them almost daily and she is working through her heartbreak, but she wants to know. What everybody wants to know is how long will this shit take? <laughs> how long will it actually take to heal the heartbreak? And I don't blame her for asking that question. Actually it's it's a great question. So it got me thinking. And oh no, when I get the thanking, it's no good. Watch out, everybody. Just move to the side. Because it's about to, we're about to wreck some shit in here tonight. When I think about love and healing heartbreak, it's one of my most probably requested and, and probably uh, uh, listened to episodes that I have in the whole podcast. That actual episode with Unbreak My Heart, people keep listening to it and they come back to it, which is great. It's good for rewiring and reconditioning the brain. That's what these episodes are for. But I want to answer this question that this lady posed, our listener posed, and I think it's a great question to answer because there is actual research today that I'm going to review with you guys that really talks about what happens to our brain when we fall in love. I want to review to you why the research and the chemistry is going to very much give you a little bit of peace and understanding about why you need to heal, and what exactly you need to heal when it comes to heartbreak. When you get a better perspective of that, it becomes less of a mystery to you, so you know what to expect and not get frustrated on the way, asking when will this pain be over. I hope I answered that for you tonight, at least give you a little bit of peace of mind and a little push and encouragement to keep you going. Keep you going, that you are on the right track if you are healing a heartbreak, okay? So the first thing I want to Remind everybody like a refresher. Now, if I have to, <laughs> if I ever have to use any kind of scientific mumbo jumbo, if, if I ever have to use that, people just know I whip it out for a reason. It is, it is my least favorite thing to pull out scientific shit that means absolutely nothing to me most of the time. But sometimes, sometimes when Tala pulls some shit out about research that you might need to hear, Make sure you're listening up. So get closer to the speaker because it's about to be really important information that's going to change your life and going to help you just spread that healing all over. So falling in love, understanding the chemistry of that needs to happen first. Falling in love is a big combination of chemical responses within the brain. Now, when we become attracted to people, we start to release dopamines, neuroepinephrines. This all helps us aid with the selection of our mate. Now, let's move to bonding and attachment, which is what we know as love, because these are all combinations that eventually lead to this thing called love. But love comes in, or what we call bonding or attachment comes in, with the production of what is known as oxytocin. Endorphins and serotonins also play a significant part and are associated with some of the feelings that we feel that creates bonding between us and another person. So basically those are kind of the relationship uh, phase of chemicals. All right now this is all pretty important because I want you to understand that these surges in dopamine and surges in serotonins and oxytocin really start to motivate us. It actually motivates us to Go after the person that we love and we want to have a relationship as well as the experience of reward in our reward system within the brain when we do get attention from them, get love from them, uh, get them to uh, engage in a relationship or commitment with us. So there's a, a motivation that is excited and induced with these chemicals as well as the excitement of getting their reward. And where does this also play though a role? The same surges of dopamine play a significant role in situations like addiction. As a matter of fact, it is described that love is an addiction and it really is. Your brain and what is activated within is the same thing that is activated in love as well as in addiction. So that's why you want more of a good thing. We keep chasing wanting more of a good thing. That's... The motivational part of our brain, the goal oriented part, and also the reward system. So we want to go after the drug, we're motivated to get it. and then once we get the reward, the serotonins get jacked up and and we start um, and the dopamines get jacked up and we start experiencing really, really good highs. Uh, and so after a while, we become addicted to this surge of of chemicals. And that's what love is. It's a surge of chemicals. And believe it or not, I see different research on this, but this, this chemistry of endorphin producing oxytocin love is between eight months to four years, <laughs> which is kind of, it, it, it's, and then some people I, I hear that it lust, lust, lasts about the lusty part, the honeymoon part lasts about two years. So I think I want to say between 18 months and four years is a good range to expect here of a good honeymoon but what's really good about endorphins is that because it is part of our bonding and it tends to relax us it even uh, is produced a little bit when we use like a heroin or opioids so it tends to relax us quite a bit when we are in a relationship there's a lot of of that feeling that although it's not a huge surge even after the the four years are over we still go through this wonderful quiet, relaxed part of the relationship that happens afterwards. Now, if we're in a healthy relationship, but either way, this bonding and attachment and the surge of chemicals within our system is pretty important to note here because it is very much related to addiction, if not addiction itself. The same thing gets activated within your brain. Now, heartbreak on the other end is the withdrawal from these chemicals that are being produced when we are with that person or when we think about that person. So it's the absence of those chemicals that we experience. Like what we might experience in addiction, when we are withdrawing from cocaine, for example, we are going to experience symptoms because we have been used to the surge of dopamines. So something is going to be missed within us. We're going to notice a loss. So besides this chemistry, it is also good to understand that We have developed neural connections within our brain, neural circuits within our brain that are very much built with the person that we loved in there, right? So it took quite some time to build it. Of course, the more years you got, the more neural networks you have to go through and think about it this way. Uh, we think about this person when we're with them, we think about them when we are going to want to spend time on the holidays with someone, when we have date night, when we come home to them and we're going to cook dinner with them, when we buy them a gift for their birthday, we will also text them throughout the day, think about them, include them in our neural circuits, in our neural pathways and wiring of the brain. It is not an easy thing to dismiss. We become quite frustrated with ourselves because we want to quickly get rid of those neural circuits that have been established for some time now. Basically, it's there in your habit of thinking. And... They have been producing strong chemicals when you do think about them. And those attachment chemicals, the oxytocins, right? And the dopamines. When we think about those people, that's what it produces. So all of a sudden, your brain doesn't have those people in your life anymore. It doesn't mean that it'll stop wanting that dopamine or that person that it associates it with. It still wants it. Although our brain is still not comprehending the idea of the loss, because we still want to produce this dopamine. We still want to produce this oxytocin. We're still producing it, but where the hell is the person that we used to be with? As a matter of fact, it is very common for us to start thinking strongly, strongly about a person when they first leave us. It is said that we think about them close to the majority of our day in an attempt, believe it or not, to replace this dopamine. Dopamine. So it it serves a purpose for us to think about them throughout the day. We are in a lot of ways attempting to relieve ourselves. So remember when I said that there is a production of you know dopamine and there is a a certain part of the brain that gets rewarded and that is the experience of love, right? That we actually get that person and are, are with them after we think about them and fantasize and all that good stuff, which is what love really is chemically. Now, You're still experiencing the dopamine production, right? When you think about them after a heartbreak, but the reward isn't there. You are not getting rewarded for that. And so your brain is going to notice it. It is going to notice that loss, but it's going to be waiting for it, which is the false idea that we try to relieve ourselves from it real quick. We're still thinking it's not over that we are wishing for somehow they're gonna be they're gonna come back, they're gonna fix this situation, the reward will be retrieved. So basically in our brain it thinks that it's gonna be it's just reward that is delayed. I'm gonna get the reward, but eventually. So it's it's a false idea. It ain't real because it is over. But our brain still wants to run the same neural pathway. The the thinking patterns, the habits within our thoughts, it still wants to run those circuits and we have not yet learned to reconstruct it or we're doing it in a non-effective way meaning that i'm still thinking about this person throughout the day and just not getting the relief i want from that but the answer is not eliminating the person completely because we cannot eliminate the thoughts and memories of them unless you have freaking amnesia there's no there's no way that you're going to eliminate any Memories of them within you. So although sometimes we wish we did have amnesia when our heart breaks. So we don't, we don't go through those memories and the heartbreak. It's a quick patch up. It's not going to solve the problem long term or give us that healing long term. Not surprisingly, our brain, when we are in heartbreak, experiences or activates the Parts of the brain that experience actual physical pain. Some people actually even complain of pain in their body when their heart breaks. Whether they have stomach problems, headaches, migraines, tension uh, in the body and muscles, uh, all those things are really associated with, with the pain that comes with heartbreak, but we never connect them. So what does this tell us? It tells us that we actually do experience pain and the cure to relieving pain. Believe it or not, just in general, we found that love actually does that. So the cure for all this healing, ironically, is the same thing we're trying to run away from or try to forget, which is love. That is funny, isn't it? Really funny. And think about it, you know, when my son falls and he looks at me and comes over and tells me to kiss it. It could be even a hardcore fall and he just wants me to kiss the boo-boo. And there's a reason why. Because psychologically, we perceive that love, and actually even we've shown it in our mind, that love acts as a painkiller. Isn't that fantastic? So sometimes we get upset when we are not healing fast enough from heartbreak. And what people mean by that is when we continue to think about this person and desire them and want them, and we still love them, we still love the memory of them. But even though, let's say, there has been good reasons why we had to separate from that person, our brain has not yet made the development to grow into that and reconstruct into that concept. So knowing for sure, number one is that your love for that person acts as a pain reliever or or can be a pain reliever to you. And number two, we do have to add an important element to reconstruct this thought pattern so it doesn't hurt you anymore. We want to love that person. I want you to love that person. I want you to hate them to get over them because it's unnatural to you. Physically, chemically, it is unnatural to you. And it won't provide you any relief. You know, think about people that want revenge and hate and uh, vindictive and and all that nasty baggage that they might carry. Notice that they have a hard time healing from that person. It's It's a lot of burden to carry and a lot of energy that we carry. But when we love this person, a lot of the times we can reach a place of compassion for them and understand that when we think about this relationship, the best course of action was already taken, which is our separation from them. And this can provide a lot of healing for us. So think about this person, love them, because no matter what, you can't go against it. It's happening anyways. You already have neural circuits, neural pathways wired in there that involve this person. I don't need you to not acknowledge that. I mean, you'd be avoiding them. That's why people... Drink and, and escape or, or quickly move from one relationship to another because I don't want to feel the, the pain and write it out and seek to understand it and reconstruct these neural pathways within our brain. So what I mean by that is that if I think about this loved one that I have and I miss them and I love them and I think of a good memory, I also want to add an extra step to this memory to make sure that we understand and continue to add this step until it finally clicks in as part of our understanding of what happened, which is that it had to end. And these are the reason why it ended. Now this balances this thought out. As I'm saying, I love this person and honor my time with him. But at the same time, there were also lessons that had to be learned. And that the best thing that could have been done at this moment in time was to separate from that person in order for them to become more compassionate to us as well as to them. So this is where your thoughts need to be rewired to. It's going to take some time, people. But I think when you're doing it on purpose, like I always say, it's a lot quicker. So let's do it on purpose. Let's think about the people that we've lost. We don't need to run away from that thought. But we also don't need to extend to full-blown denial, fantasy, and romance like they're there waiting for them to come back, you know, with that delayed reward idea. We don't want to wait for them to come back because a lot of times we either don't want them to come back or we're just, they don't need to come back. They maybe not have been the best partner. So we want to recognize that. We want to tell the whole story to our brain to reconstruct that it's not just the romance that was part of that story or that person, but it was also the other stuff too that did not work out. It's just part of the narrative. So connect those new neural pathways to help you get to healing in a more effective way and less self-hating, self-frustrating way. We tend to shame ourselves so much when we think about this person and miss them when it's so freaking natural i'm telling you it's natural you're seeking the dopamine i don't need you to get frustrated with yourself or shame yourself because you're not strong enough understanding that strength my love is just saying that we we had the strength to love someone and also the strength to let them go when it became Not compassionate anymore. This is great. Good news. So that's where we want to head to. Love is not just a quick thing to get rid of. It takes time and it needs to take time because you're reconstructing thoughts. Delivering to your brain the ultimate message of closure. So take your time. Don't engage in denial or distraction Go through the actual pain. We'll do anything to avoid that pain, but most of the time it ain't good. It ain't good. And Freud has a whole bunch of different defense mechanisms that he's named as a way for us to avoid pain. And they ain't good. (laughs) They ain't good. So don't just take my word for it. Daddy Freud said, no, don't bother avoiding pain. Sometimes we have to ride the pain out. A lot of times we have to ride the pain out in order for us to grow from it. So there's a lot of benefits to healing from a heartbreak the right way. Let's get on it. We're not meant to forget this person, ever. It's not the point. But with time, we can rewire our thousands of neural circuits that are dedicated to those individuals that we love. We can rewire them in a way where it's less intense for us and that they are not the main supply for that dopamine anymore, is the best way to say that. (laughs) They're not a drug supplier anymore. (laughs) I know, it's not funny. It's Heartbreak is not funny. Be kind and gentle to yourself as you're going through this process. If you shame yourself, it, it doesn't serve you well in healing. It just basically makes you stay in denial. And also, understand that other people, when you tell them about your ex and how your heart is breaking, people may sometimes want to, especially people that love you, may not want to see you hurt. And so they'll try to say what, I mean, every friend has ever said to me when it comes to heartbreak was just, you know, I can't believe you're still thinking about this person. He's done you so wrong. Why do you still love this person? So on and so forth. All of which is is true, right? It could be very much true, but it's not supported by chemistry. It's not supported by reality. We're still going to think of this person. We're still going to feel the heartbreak. And fortunately, our loved ones don't mean to use shame as a way to help us hurry up. They don't want to see us in pain. But there is no way of hurrying up this process. You just do it on purpose and it heals gradually. I promise it will. I hope this somehow helps you answer the ultimate question of how long will it take to get over someone. Well, as long as it takes to reconstruct those thousands of neural circuits where they're involved in your memory, in your day, in your habits. That's how long it will take. But I promise if you're doing it on purpose, it will be a lot quicker than you think. Be gentle, patient, and kind with you through this process. And if somebody that you know is going through a tough time in healing a heartbreak, stay away from the shaming game. You know, we don't need to shame them and tell them, get over it real quick. Blah, blah, blah. I can't believe that you're so dumb for still loving this person. I think it's a sign of strength that you still love this person. Go ahead and acknowledge it. It's not a weakness, but do the extra step I asked you to do, which is to really work on reconstructing the understanding of that relationship and helping each one of those neural circuits reconstruct itself into healing and understanding, acknowledging the need for the separation at this time. It goes without saying, I'm sending you love, light, and the understanding that love is not about longing. It's about coming home. This has been an episode of Drive Through.